Hey there, fabulous teacher. Have you been wondering how to make writing time in your classroom more effective for your students? Do you want your students to love writing time? If so, I think it's time for you and I to start transforming your writing instruction. I'm Melissa Morrison, and I have a passion for helping teachers to feel confident in teaching writing and help them grow successful writers. I've worked with numerous teachers to guide them through this transformation, and in this podcast, I bring you the practical strategies you need to make writing the best time of your day. Let's get going. Hey there, writing teacher. So today, I have my friend and literacy mentor, Michelle Rui. Michelle has an extensive background of every literacy movement and education. She can provide for you the correct definition of things like MSV and balanced literacy. Uh, Michelle and I met through our coaching cadre, The Breakthrough Circle by Allison Peterson, and we've had so many multiple conversations about literacy instruction and coaching. Um, We were actually able to finally meet in person last June and we'll be together again this June. The countdown is on for our mastermind retreat with our Breakthrough Circle. Um, We share a passion for writing instruction. I'm just so happy to have her with us today. Michelle, thank you so much for finally um, coming on because I could finally, we could finally work it out. (laughs) I am so excited to like officially talk about writing with you. We've had so many unofficial conversations. We have, and they're always awesome. And so we should just, I should just record all of them. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait. All right. So tell us a little bit about you. So I, this is my 23rd year in the profession, awesome. which is hard to say because I'm <laughs> really, um, I, it, it was such an interesting uh, progression of my career. I started as in kindergarten really, and then went to first grade, then second grade, then fourth grade. So, and I was a classroom teacher for 15 years, mm. which has, was amazing. I got to see the whole foundation of literacy development um, across elementary, which was amazing. And then I moved to um, K-5 intervention, which was also in literacy. So I got to work with many more kids struggling with literacy, just all aspects of it. And I did that for you know five years, like I said. And then um, in that role, that was super cool because I did so much really coaching with teachers as we talked about goals for kids and what to do next and things to try. I found myself just coaching and coaching and coaching and I was mm-hmm. really loving it. So now... I find myself in my dream role where I um, am a literacy coach in a K-5 school. And so that's actually has been so much fun that I started a little business that is a a virtual coaching. So I could do more coaching, literacy coaching Mm -hmm. for other educators out there. So I'm, I'm just in love with it. Awesome. Well, they are so lucky to have you um, because not only are you so knowledgeable about the field, but you have the experience um, to just, you know, the experience and then, you know, currently still there in down and dirty with the teachers and you really know what it takes and the struggles um, that they have and how they can just be their best, the best teacher they can be. Absolutely. All right. So the first thing I wanted us to talk about was, you know, why do we both feel that writing instruction should be front and center um, and something that we really need to make sure teachers are getting some training on? Oh my gosh. That is such a big loaded question to start with, Mm -hmm. right? Well, first of all, writing and reading are so interconnected. 
you cannot be a strong reader without having some writing behind you. And you cannot be a strong reader without having reading behind you. They support each other so perfectly. But more than that, it's about your voice and it's about being heard and it's about using your words to um, to be heard and to make changes and to, you know, just say important things. And that's such a confidence builder in children and, um, and it, and it builds it. That's the other thing about it is writing just like reading it's there's foundations that are built upon and built upon and built upon over the years. So it's critical that you just right away from the get-go from preschool on just start really, um, ensuring that you have strong writing instruction right alongside your reading. Absolutely. And unfortunately, we, I think we have both found that that just isn't the case. There isn't training for writing instruction. Um, And oftentimes teachers are just feeling like they don't really know. And then they shy away from that explicit writing instruction. Yeah. I think all the focus has been really primarily put on reading. And I think a lot of it comes from the read, all those reading, like third grade reading laws that have been put into place for years now, mm-hmm. which stems from the national reading um, panel 20 something years ago. Um, it just doesn't get the the focus that it, it deserves and it needs. And unfortunately that's not prioritized, I think in teacher prep programs and it's not prioritized in, well, in, government really and in schools. So um, yeah, writing instruction is lacking and then teachers don't know how, how they like, they don't get the training like they do with reading and even reading is pretty cloudy and tricky to do. It's very mm. big. Mm. Writing is, is just as big. And if they're not getting that instruction as, you know, emerging teachers, they, they're not comfortable. Um, so I just think they're missing it. And it's, it's really unfortunate because it, it really makes an impact on our kids. Right. Absolutely. And would you agree or say that when there are classrooms that are a little heavier in writing instruction or spending time, well, not, I don't want to say writing instruction, but spending time in writing, I believe that uh, most of it is writing that is for the test, like the state test um, and not quite just best practices in writing instruction. I can see that. I have to say in the schools that I've been so fortunate to be in, I have not had that. We've had definite strong reading and writing instruction, but I definitely see how when the test starts to loom in your mind, things start to shift and you start to get really formulaic about how to answer those questions. And it just loses, it loses every you know ounce of authenticity and, um, kids start to become stressed out and just, it just doesn't become writing anymore. It just becomes a formula for answering a question. Mm-hmm. And that's just so unfortunate because that, and that's not supportive of, of reading necessarily either. That's, that's a, it's such a separate entity when, when done that way. So yeah, I can see that that, especially in the upper grades, mm-hmm. that happens a lot. And I can tell you my, my daughter, um, my high school daughter, she's in AP courses and that's all they do is write essays for the test. Mm, that's it. It's right. just that's formulaic, formulaic, formulaic. So, mm. yeah. And I, think that a lot of the essays, um, even, you know, starting in third grade, you know, in New Jersey, when we start our testing, um, it is a lot of response to reading, right? A lot of it is that type of response. And so it's different 
than just composing something. Oh, it's worlds different and it does take training and it takes layers of, of years of training, which I think, I know my teachers at my school are really working hard on that and mm -hmm. layering that across the grades because third grade cannot be the first people that takes care of that and, and teaches kids how to, right. how to respond that way. Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. And if we had great, effective, explicit writing instruction from the beginning, they would be so much more prepared to answer those types of questions and do that type of writing um, Absolutely. On, on the test. Yes. So I would, say, I would say too, sorry to interrupt you. There, no. I would say too, that like, so often our writing instruction, um, it's like based on units, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you might be teaching like how to write a narrative or how to write an opinion piece or whatever. And that's, that's awesome. And they need that. They need how to do those things and how to elaborate and make it strong. But writing about reading is also a skill that needs mm -hmm. to be in integrated. Um, I know like Wiley Blevins even talks about this at the very youngest grades. He says, you know, whenever you're reading should with kids, they should have a pencil in their hands the whole time. They should always be responding to the reading. And that is, is how you get those kids so prepared for that essay that they have to write at the end mm -hmm. of the year. They should be always used to not only writing opinion pieces and not only writing narratives, but they should also across right. the day be writing in authentic ways. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And thinking about that writing um, in response to reading for the little ones, it's not, it's not necessarily what you think of like, oh, we have to write a sentence every right. single time with this, with a um, sentence starter or what have you. It's just a response of some sort, like starting with maybe a picture that you put the story in order or which one's your favorite character and then just talking about it and then starting, you know, to write. So Oh my gosh, they could even write like a smiley face emoji and just talk right. about, I like this part because. Yes, yes. And every time they get to a part that they are like, what's happening? They can just put a little question mark. So even that is just preparing them to not only be responsive, but to pay attention and to actually analyze and think about what they're reading. Yes, yes. All right. Well, let's not get off into a reading tangent because we're here to talk about <laughs> writing. Though <laughs> we could easily do that. I yes, think. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So although I don't really want to talk about this, I think we're going to. Um, and it and it's this thing that we keep hearing called the science of writing. Mm -hmm. And my teacher listeners, Michelle and I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think that's because um, it's an emerging field. It's, there's yeah. not much out and like I, like we just talked about how, how even the national writing reading panel years ago, 25 years ago, almost now, they never even mentioned writing. Mm -hmm. So it has been largely ignored for a long time. So mm -hmm. it, it's very fair to say that writing instruction research is, is a very new field. Um, and you're going to get differing opinions out there on what it is, just like with the science of reading, um, advocates. They're going to get very different views on what that actually is, very misguided and confused. So I think the same is about to happen in writing mm -hmm. if we're not careful. Right. And I also think that sometimes people are just, you know, you go on social media and you see signs of writing and they're just kind of saying that. And I, I hate to, to be that way, but like they, I don't really know that everybody's talking about the same thing when they say signs of writing. No, um, and I, I think they're trying to just blanketly apply, blanketly, I don't think that's a word, <laughs> I'm going to use it, <laughs> just apply science of reading um, definitions mm -hmm. to the, which 
to, to writing. And so while they're very, very similar, they're also different. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it will work necessarily to do it quite that way. But I do like, we all know that really the science of reading means just the body of knowledge around how kid, how people learn to read. So I think if we just apply that definition, how the body of knowledge about how kids learn to write, um, I think that will hold, but we don't quite know what that is yet because it hasn't been researched much. Right. And so there might be some things that we can find in regards to research that we could probably, you know, count on that even when they do some more, um, larger research in writing, it will probably hold true. The things that we, we have seen in research and have seen over and over again. Um, but when I do look at what people are possibly posting or having, um, maybe resources for that talk about the science of writing. I think it's oftentimes about sentence structure mm-hmm. and not necessarily all the other parts of writing that we want to, uh, that we want to make sure we are teaching our students. Would you agree? Yeah. The same thing is happening in reading too. And I hate to keep bringing up reading. But mm, that's so okay. They're better. so connected. <laughs> and I, and I know, like I, I listen to all these podcasts and I read, I read both sides of everything. And even um, like the science of, of reading podcast um, there, they've had a lot of episodes out lately about how it has just become too narrow. People are only focusing on phonics and phonological awareness. And that's not what science of reading is at all. And so what you're saying, I think, is people are, well, that's what the the, miscon- um, the misconception is, is they're trying to apply that narrow and misguided view of reading to writing. Mm-hmm. So they're focusing on only sentence structure and only um, grammar and conventions. Um, mm-hmm. And I think with like the advent of books like The Writing Revolution, which I love that book, by the way, I think it's a great book, but with the advent of that and who the, who the author is, I think... Um, if people are quick to say that, oh, this is it, this is the science of writing, mm-hmm. but it's just a kernel of it. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Right. It's just one piece. And <clears throat> I've talked a lot on this podcast about all the parts of, of writing that are necessary to build a confident and successful writer. And part of it is sentence structure and oh, understanding, right. And understanding grammar. But if you neglect the other parts and they don't ever have a chance to enjoy, learn to enjoy writing and learn to generate ideas and learn to have stamina and um, you learn to even tell a story and all they ever, ever practice the sentences, then they are not going to be effective writers. Yeah. And I think not just, so I read, just like you, I've read a ton about writing instruction and you've been doing it for many years and so have I. And I, you know, 15 years in the classroom for me, and I've seen it all the way through that the power of going through the writing process over and over and over and over, that is what builds their skills alongside your teaching. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if you're just teaching sentences, how to combine sentences or how to write an introduction paragraph or whatever, if you're teaching it in very tiny, isolated, formulaic steps and never really allowing them to, to put it together and to flourish, with alongside, um, you know, elaboration and word choice and all of those things, you're never going to have strong writers. Mm-hmm. And you're certainly not going to have kids that like writing. No, 
No, no, no, no, no. (laughs) Absolutely not. Um, And, you know, even thinking about the writing prompts and journals, like daily journals, that is often the only writing time that students have in, say, like first grade and second grade. Um, They might produce a little more as the year goes on. Um, but ultimately, like you said, they're not going through the writing process because they haven't come up with an idea. Um, you know, they haven't had to plan much out except for answering a question, right? So there's no rehearsal or, um, planning, um, and, and they're not able to go through that process, right? Just like if you're only practicing sentences. And that's where where it starts to get really, really uncomfortable when kids don't have the agency and the know-how to generate their own ideas. And then it just becomes hard. And then teachers have this false sense of, oh, they don't know how, they don't get it. But without, you know, stepping back from the reins and letting them do that and and showing them how, they're not going to get there. And when I think across like K-12, you know, starting in third grade in so many states, like we just talked about, they've got that long essay to write. Um, and then, eight, you know, they've got it again in fourth, fifth, eighth grade. Mm-hmm. And then when you think about the essays that you're writing in high school, like those are no joke. So if we've got to teach kids to be self-sufficient writers and plan and rehearse and edit and revise, like you gotta teach them that and push them out of the nest, you know, pretty quickly mm-hmm. so they can keep going through those iterations on their own and getting stronger. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, And, you know, I was just thinking too, as we were talking about the just doing, you know, like says, say sentence structure and not the other parts of writing. I think part of that comes back to the training and knowledge of writing and writing development, because when you are trying to get students in kindergarten or first grade, some of them even to say, okay, you need to say, I like this or write some sort of sentence and they haven't had, um, or I'm sorry, I'll back up. And, you know, they're not there yet, right? They're not ready to write words. Mm -hmm. Um, They might still be in a picture stage of writing or a scribble stage of writing. And, that comes back to that training and knowledge of writing development right? and having to have that knowledge and understanding. Um, and, and then it brings me to that connection of reading and writing again, because, you know, sometimes teachers, and I actually had this happen recently where they said, well, if they don't know how to write their letters, how can they be writing? Like mm-hmm. we can't start writing workshop, writer's workshop until they know their letters. And I said, yes, you can, <laughs> yeah, you can. because that's not the only thing that has to do. That's not all writing is. And if you are aware of knowledge or have knowledge of writing development, then you wouldn't have that worry. Yeah. And it's also not the only part of your day where writing occurs. Right. <laughs> so, you know, in a strong, especially primary classroom, you're going to have daily interactive writing. And that is the place to really push them how to have the sentence structure that you're looking for and pushing them towards that matches what they're doing as readers. That's the support, especially for your language learners who don't know how to put, you know, this Mm -hmm. this structure of English together yet. You're modeling for them um, and showing them how to think of an idea and plan it and sketch Mm -hmm. it out. Like all of that is super important for writing, even with pictures, editing and revising is there. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. can certainly learn right. to do that. And then you're right. pushing them along the way to do more and more and more. Right. Absolutely. Yes. 
And then, <clears throat> and, and it's unfortunate when some classrooms don't have the interactive writing piece. And so they feel that writer's workshop time is not going to be enough because they're not doing some of those, you know, that sentence structure stuff as, as, as much, but that's why you need, you know, all of the practices. Yeah. Um, and what I was thinking about too, with that connection with reading and writing is, and, and when I had my interview with Melissa McCall, we talked a lot about pre-K and kindergarten and saying how, you know, being able to learn how to tell a story comes from, you know, your read alouds from the very beginning and then being able to retell the story or just even having the knowledge of like a character and then having the little popsicle stick characters and telling a story. And, mm -hmm. and so that's where the, there is so much connection that where the reading is influencing their writing and vice versa. Um, and I, and I think that's why kindergarten can be so difficult for teachers because you don't see everything happening under the surface. Sometimes it takes a while, you know? Um, yeah, you do, but it is man, like January is magical for right? kindergarten because it all starts to come together. I think, you know, that with kindergarten, like, a, I don't know if any kindergarten teachers are listening, but like a tip would be like, if you're thinking about um, the levels of text that you want your kids to, to kind of move through as readers, you're thinking about that, you know, one-to-one -one correspondence part at the beginning of, of kindergarten. And that's the kind of interactive writing you do. You're just matching, you know, speech um, speech to print there and then matching, you know, one-to-one -one, and then you're adding letter sounds and you're, it's it's bringing in your phonics. If maybe you're doing some CVC work, you're, you're adding all of these components as you're teaching them along, you know, in other parts of your day you're showing them the way and then you're going to go to two lines of text and show them in your interactive writing and then maybe three lines of text if they're about mid-year level c with maybe a little bit of dialogue like you just use where you want them to be benchmark reading <clears throat> to show them how to do that as writers mm -hmm. and then it all just connects so beautifully yes. that's an excellent tip thank you all right if you didn't catch that kindergarten teachers rewind <laughs> Rewind, listen again. We had brought up interactive writing as a way to model and practice with your students. And one of the other big components of your ELA block, um, and even for some of our upper grades, is shared writing. Yes. And you, it also ties back to what you said about having to go through the writing process and to be able to see the writing process and how, you know, like I just said, it needs to be in the upper grades. So what do you think is, is most beneficial for, let's say, you know, third, fourth, fifth grade when it comes to shared writing? Just to do it. Mm -hmm. I, I see all the time, like th there's this kind of notion that that's a very primary thing to do, but it's helpful everywhere even even I would say secondary too like whatever you want them to do you got to show them how mm -hmm. so coming back to like your idea of like these formulaic um here's how you combine a sentence here's how you punctuate it mentor sentence work like that's really critical because it lays the the base foundation but then they have to be shown how to apply it in their own writing and they have to have practice at it no one can do something immediately you can't say to that kid you know I'm going to show you how to add some conjunctions to this sentence to make it more elaborate. Watch me how I do this, your turn, go. Mm -hmm. They had to practice it and they've got to try out different ways and and get and be bad at it before they get good at it. Mm -hmm. So that whole idea of um, showing kids how is critically missing, I think in so many upper grade classrooms. Um, and then also what's critically missing is, is the opportunity to say, okay, try it. 
you try it and then coach them, you know, into it. But I hear all the time, like I, this is such a prevalent, like upper grade sentiment. These kids don't know how to write a sentence. Mm-hmm. Show them. You got to show them, mm-hmm. look at what they are doing, look at their writing and see what, what is the issue and show them how, because if they're not doing it, it's because they don't know how. Right. So, um, that, and another, like, I think what gets tied into that so often is kids aren't writing punctuation. They're like not adding it. And I have heard kids say, this is so ridiculous. They'll say, oh, I, I added at the end. <laughs> okay. You've not, no, that's not how you do it. But one reason that people think grammar is the issue when it's actually not the issue. And then they spend all this time teaching grammar, 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 but here's what's really going on nine times out of 10. Kids are writing and they're writing big in upper grades. They're writing big. They have a lot to say. There's, they're not only thinking about spelling these words and holding on to the message and saying it in, in a clear way. They're thinking of all of this at one time. And that is a lot of cognitive load mm-hmm. for kids. Something's going to give. And so, the, and, and plus they're trying to go fast. So they right. go fast and then they just keep going. If kids are, are asked though, to stop and reread, like whisper, read out loud what they did nine times out of 10, they catch their own punctuation errors which also solves most of their grammar problems. Mm-hmm. So instead of, you know, these te- teachers, I see it all the time. They spend so much time teaching grammar, but if you just teach them to stop and reread out loud what they've done, I bet you don't need to teach so much grammar because they're most of their, you know, they're speaking English most of the time. I mean, not everybody, but most of the time, <laughs> if they're doing it in their speech, they right. have it. Right. So it's there. They just have to slow down and make sure it's on paper. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, Michelle, you just said so many things that I want to talk about. So first of all, this idea of bad before good, right? They have to do poorly before they can do it well. And I often use, um, I don't know why it's not because of me, it's because my kids sports analogies when it comes to writing instruction and how, you know, you can't it like, because this is the problem. Teachers do want to see perfection. Yeah in the writing and they want to have them fix everything. And it's like, but when my daughter is trying to work on her left shot, left foot shot in soccer, how many times is she going to be in the backyard? Not doing it right. Mm -hmm. Not making the shot. That doesn't mean she's messing herself up. She's learning how to do it better. Right. She's learning how to do it better. And so it's okay. And this, I'm not going to get into it, but this is the whole thing of teaching the writer, not the writing. Um, but you know, that's just so important to know that it's okay that there are some mistakes that they're making. Um, and you know, as you said, going back and reread, it actually can solve a lot of things for them. Oh my and gosh, and, I see it every day. It's right. literally, it's like magic. And right. And, so and, <laughs> and that's a strategy, right? That's part of revising is rereading. They have to know to do that. And They need to build the stamina in order to do that, you know, to go through the process. Um, Stamina and and confidence. Right. Absolutely. Um, And then, you know, of course, like you said about the modeling, and I I think because of lack of knowledge and training, oftentimes, um, and I think just sometimes this expectation of what should be happening in, in the classroom with writing or with the students with writing that teachers will say, well, they're not doing this and they're not doing that. And like you said, show them, you have to show them. Yeah. And not meaning show them 
a correct sentence or show them a piece, but actually show them how to do it, right? So that is where shared writing comes in. So for those of you who um, aren't quite sure of what we mean by shared writing, shared writing is when you're modeling writing, the teacher is the one holding the pen, but the students are engaged and helping you um, to create a piece of writing. It is going through the entire writing process. So you want them to help you come up with an idea and you want them to help you plan it out and then help you write it. Um, but you're the one that's actually writing. You want them to revise. You want them to edit. Um, it might take a couple of days, especially in an upper grade classroom, but you don't want it to take too many days. Um, but it does just mean that you are the one holding the pen um, or keyboard. Maybe in the upper grades, you might want to type it out. Mm -hmm. Um but they are heavily involved. So it's a it's a um, high level of support, um, but also a way for them to be a part of the process um, yeah. and a way for them to get through the process, I think a little bit faster, especially in the upper grades, because you're all doing it together. Um, but imagine, you know, even middle schoolers and high schoolers who are trying to learn a certain type of um, sentence structure or complex sentence or even figurative language. Imagine the classes working together, um, mm -hmm. you know, to be able to try that out. And that's the whole thing too, is to try something that they might not be trying on their own. And that's the key for teachers. So often teachers say to me, but I don't know what to say. I don't know how to do it in front of kids. Mm -hmm. I don't know either, but just try it because guess what, what you're modeling is everything for kids. You're modeling how to get through the hard parts, how to think through it, how to make a change in the middle of it. It doesn't, it doesn't come out of your brain. Perfect. Mm -hmm. it, it gets, it takes work. So uncovering your thinking is most of it. It's not even the actual writing of it. It's uncovering your thinking so that they can see, oh, it doesn't just come out magically on right. paper. No, there's a lot going on inside your brain. Right, absolutely. And then just knowing that, and that helps, you know, we're talking about the confidence and I'm seeing this all the way down in kindergarten that they need the confidence to write something down, knowing then that it's okay that you're going to go back and fix it. And you showing that um, and being vulnerable enough to go through that in front of them, it not only helps them to see they can do the same thing, but it also builds your relationship so much more. Um, oh, a yeah. It's such a community builder, isn't it? Yes. Wonderful, yeah. wonderful. And then also, I was just thinking about shared writing and and how they are going to possibly pick up on something different every time mm -hmm. you do it. Mm -hmm. Right. So you might be doing a shared writing where you know that your focus, what you really want them to be doing is blank, you know, but some of the students finally catch something yeah. else that you've been trying to show, you know? Yeah. And that's why it's so important to be just a step ahead of your kids, not behind them, not with them necessarily exactly, mm -hmm. but just a step ahead because it's mm -hmm. almost like that carrot. Mm -hmm. Here's what else you can do? Here's what else you can do. And then now you've got so many layers and levels of things to, that kids can work toward that it fits everybody so mm -hmm. beautifully. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Love it. So is there anything else when you think about writing instruction, is there something that you would want teachers to know? That I think um, that it is hard. It mm -hmm. is hard if you're not comfortable with it, but the more you do it, the easier it becomes. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just, just get yourself a journal and just, you know, write down what made you angry that day, or, or just, just get it out, just get mm -hmm. it out on paper. So many people, teachers, especially, I think don't take the time to write, right. but if you never go through the moves yourself, you don't know how it feels. 
and you don't know how to translate that to kids because you don't know. So um, I, I just would recommend, like the summertime is actually a beautiful time to do that. Just start, you know, once a week, write for 30 minutes and just see how it feels. You'll you'll have so much um, to, to leverage in terms of your teaching from going through it yourself. And then you'll also realize it's not that hard. It's not mm-hmm. that bad. It's actually very cathartic. It is. And I have to say, when I um, was first starting with Writer's Workshop or at some point during there, and I I heard someone say, you need to write with your students or, you know, just have writing to share with your students. And I'm like, no, I don't. They just need to write. I don't need to write. I don't have time for that. This is not me. I don't need to write. But not only, like you said, do you learn the moves, you know, and, and you, um, kind of pick up on some things that like, oh, that, you know, I could teach them this because I, I, I just noticed that I did it when I wrote, but also sometimes we just kind of forget what the students are going through. Yes. And we're just focusing on like the end game and what we want, but, but so much of writing is behavior and confidence and, and, you know, community and safety and, and, um, and all of that. And so when you put yourself in that position, you understand what they're going through. So you have more empathy for them and you're able to think a little bit more about the person that's writing, um, and not so much just about the writing on their paper. And the connection that you'll have with your kids will be so empowering and they will grow exponentially more Mm -hmm. because of that, because of your experience with it. It's like, such a missing link that so many teachers have, because like Mm -hmm. you said, they just think, Oh, I don't have time. There's when do you do it? Right. Really? If you just go it through it like three times this summer, right. You'll know, and you'll have, that's great. That's perfect. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think sometimes when you're building um, in the beginning of the years, they're building stamina and you don't want them to talk to you (laughs) and you can be busy writing, you know, so you might not do that throughout the year during writing time because you are meeting with your, your students, but when you're building stamina and you want them to build independence, you can say, okay, writing time, I'm writing too. So that's a a great way. And a great, what a great message for sure. Awesome. Oh, Michelle. Well, you know, you and I could talk forever about this. (laughs) (laughs) If we want to keep this episode to a good amount of time, we'll probably stop here. I'm so, so happy that you finally um, made it on and we will totally do it again. (laughs) Oh, thanks for inviting me. This has been fun. Thank you. Thank you. So Michelle, where can my listeners find you? So uh, one of the easiest ways to find me is um, on Instagram. I have uh, the handle is coach underscore from the couch. So super simple. And I also have a Facebook group where um, I love to have educators in there just for literacy that just to talk about just strong instructional practices and that you can find at elementaryliteracylessons.com. Thank you so much. And I will put that in the show notes for my listeners and I hope they will reach out and find you because they won't regret it. (laughs) Oh, thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) 
Hello again, writing teacher. I am so glad that you are listening. And if you do enjoy the podcast, if you wouldn't mind taking a moment, wherever it is that you do listen, to go ahead and do a review and let people know what's so great about it. I would love for more teachers to be able to get some learning about writing from this podcast. And if you're interested in any further information, you can find me in a couple of places. One is YouTube, Melissa Morrison. I have a lot of videos there for you to to help you with writing instruction. And then also on Facebook, I have a Facebook page, Teaching to Transform LLC, and a Facebook group where you can learn more from me and chat with other teachers. It is called Transform Writing K-8, through and I would love to see you there. Have a great day.